<laughs> Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1947-1948 season. I am excited to bring this episode to all you folks. Uh, let's see, we have two intersecting uh, different story arcs going on now. Of course, we have the arc, the intentional story arc of, of the Oscars, um, and uh, we won't get into all that. I'm sure Jack will explain it throughout the episode. We also have the unintentional story arc of the clipped episodes. Uh, Jack has been now clipped for three weeks three weeks in a row. He's had the end of his show clipped off, and last week he had the beginning of his show clipped off where they lost uh, the signal. Um, and uh, Jack is going to make the most of that. So um, I love how he lets, lets nothing slide and doesn't... Uh, just move on. He actually uh, turns everything into a joke, so uh, he's great, and his writers are great. Tonight's episode, uh, guest stars galore, we have uh, Charlie Farrell back again, who, um, of course, we talked about last week, um, and who, I don't think I mentioned last week that he manages, the manages, owns uh, the the, uh, racket club in uh, oh, in Palm Springs. So uh, uh, Jack, often when he goes to Palm Springs, has an episode about the Racket Club, and Charlie Farrell will be on it, of course. Uh, so here we have Charlie Farrell again. Uh, we're also going to have Samuel Golden, of course, of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, Ma- <laughs> uh, one of the great uh, what Hollywood tycoons of all time, studio heads, that sort of thing. So uh, it will be fun having him on here. Uh, And then, of course, we have a little singer on board as well, a little guest singer they threw in. You know, sometimes they have some big stars and they throw in a little guy, and the little guy they threw in is Frank Sinatra. So tonight we're going to have three big guest stars uh, as Jack continues his Oscar arc. Um... I don't really think Frank Sinatra needs too much of an introduction. He's uh, probably the greatest singer, one of the greatest singers of all time anyway, the greatest crooner of all time. Um, I guess I would argue that maybe he and Bing um, were the two greatest. But uh, anyway, enjoy tonight's episode. Um, Oh, and I I was kicking myself last week because... uh, Last week's episode, I had a great opportunity to talk about Malin um, Merrick. Malin Merrick um, was Jack's um, band leader and composer, and um, even though it was supposed to be Phil Harris, uh, Phil stopped fairly early on in in by the early 40s late 30s early 40s Malin Merrick was doing um all of Jack's uh band leading and so forth um I believe I've heard that he uh wrote most of the sportsman songs because I was wondering who did that whether it was the writers that wrote the sportsman songs or if it was Marilyn Merrick and it sounds like it was Malin uh, Malin then would follow Jack into television and be with him, I believe, through his entire television career. So Malin was with Jack for a long, long time, and it's neat when he can get on microphone and can actually hear uh, Malin talk. 
Um, he's going to be on tonight's episode as the radio announcer. So um, you get a chance to enjoy a little bit of Malin. Uh, the other thing that happened last week I didn't talk about was Charlie Bagby had a uh, little bit of a line as the telegram boy. Well, Charlie Bagby, who of course is in Jack's band, and we always hear about a lot about Bagby uh, being one of the, the drunks and so forth in the band, um, he will be the telegram boy again, and he's also, I guess, the the dead body on the episode. So that will be interesting to to uh, have Charlie Bagby be on on the episode as well. So I hope you all enjoy, and uh, it should be a great episode. So we'll see you next time. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike and Lucky Strike alone offers you important evidence gathered in the tobacco country by the world-famous Crosley Pole. This evidence reveals the smoking preference of auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen, the men who really know tobacco. Here's what the Crosley Pole found. For their own personal smoking enjoyment, independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike First choice. Lucky Strike, first choice over any other brand. These experts know their business. Their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike, we believe, has a direct relationship to the quality tobacco we purchase for Luckies and to the real, deep-down smoking enjoyment you may expect from fine tobacco. And when these veteran tobacco experts name Lucky Strike first choice for their own personal smoking enjoyment, then you know... L-S-M-F-T... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And in a cigarette, it's the tobacco that counts. So smoke the smoke tobacco experts smoke Lucky Strike. Remember, independent tobacco experts, again, name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike first choice over any other brand. Trying it again from Palm Springs, California, the Lucky Strike program, starring Jack Benny, with Barry Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. (laughs) And now, ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, for two consecutive weeks, we have lost part of our show. Last week, we not only lost the ending, but also the beginning. However, we still have the pickle in the middle, and here he is, Jack Benny! Thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, you don't have to make jokes about what happened. You know, radio is our bread and butter. You know, if I lose my job, you lose your stomach. It's a very serious thing We lost the finish of the show two weeks ago Lost the finish again last week Well, if you're running along this week Fred Allen said he'd be very happy to give you time on his program Fred? Offered to give me time to finish my program? Yeah, he said he'd do anything to hear the end of Benny (laughs) Oh, well He's so homely, he has to be clever. Jack, why do you always keep saying that? After all, Fred isn't so ugly. (laughs) He isn't, eh? Alan makes the hunchback of Notre Dame look like the man of distinction. (laughs) And he's not only homely, Don, he's so cheap. Oh, wait a minute, Jack. Don't say that Alan is cheap. He's a good sport, and you know it. Oh, he is, eh? Remember the time we were in New York and you and I had lunch with him? Yeah. Well, who picked up the check? I did. You're darn right. Alan just sat there, didn't move a muscle. 
thing. So he's got a lot of nerve making jokes about my being cut off the air. It's a very serious thing. I don't think it's so serious, Mr. Benny. What? My mother was listening to the radio show Sunday, and she didn't even know that you lost the end of the program. Your mother? That's peculiar. Oh, no, it isn't. When I get through singing, she shuts it off anyway. <laughs> oh, she does, eh? Well, I got a good mind to move your song down near the end, so she'll have to listen to my whole program. That'll teach her. <laughs> you said it. Jack, I don't know why you're making such a fuss. So you lost the tail end of your program. Does it make any difference? Does it make any difference? Mary, we were doing a sketch. People were interested. Now they'll never know what happened. I know just what you mean, Mr. Benny. I was listening to a daytime program the other day, and the announcer said, tune in tomorrow and hear another chapter of John's Other. And then the radio went off. <laughs> now, now people will never know what John has that he has another of. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll never know. I've been racking my brains all day. It could be John's other house or John's other bicycle. Dennis. Maybe it's John's other head. Dennis, forget it, will you? You're not only taking up time. I don't want to be cut off the air again. Well, I don't blame you, Jack. You know, last week, Edgar Bergen lost his whole program. Mary, Bergen lost his whole program? Yeah, and his sponsors were so upset that Chase and Sanborn started drinking Sanka. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Oh, Mary, what did you say they were drinking? Sanka. You're welcome. <laughs> Mary, there isn't a court in the country that will convict you. <laughs> now, let's get on with the program. Maybe it was John's other toothbrush. Quiet, will you, Dennis? <laughs> you know, Mary, I just thought of something. You know, maybe... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe... Maybe my programs have been cut off the air because I'm too easygoing. I'm going to step in the control room and talk to Mr. Foster, the engineer. I'll tell him a thing or two. Now, Jack, control yourself. If you feel that you're losing your temper, count up to $10. I will, I will. <laughs> oh, Mr. Foster, I'd like to talk to you a minute about why I was cut off the air last week. Okay, Mr. Benny, but watch those there wires there, please. <laughs> Say, you do have a lot of wires in here, huh? Well, each wire is put in here for a definite purpose. Now, on this wire, we have the transformer. On this wire, we have the oscillator. And on this wire, we have the transmitter. I see. Well, what are those things on that wire up there? Clothespins. I just washed my socks. <laughs> Mr. Foster, I'm here on business. Now, what's the idea of trying to be so funny? I've got the wires open and my wife is listening in. What? Hello, Tilly. Put your mother back in the garage. I'm sleeping home tonight. <laughs> now, cut that out. I'll talk to you later. Everybody has to be a comedian. Oh, well, I know what I'll do. I'll call Niles Trammell, the president of NBC. Mary, give me that phone, will you? Here you are. Maybe it was John's other yo-yo. <laughs> oh, quiet. I'm trying to use the phone. Hello, operator. Get me the National Yo-Yo Company. I mean, the National Broadcasting Company in Hollywood. Yes, I'll wait. Hello, National Broadcasting Company. Yes. Yes, sir, I'll try to get him right away. Say, Mabel, 
It's Mr. Benny calling from Palm Springs. Gee, I wonder what Kiss of Death wants now. <laughs> well, they cut him off the air last week, and oh boy, is he mad. You know, he's got a terrible temper. He has? I'll say. One Sunday, Phil Harris didn't show up for a rehearsal, and Mr. Benny got so mad, he blew his top. Really? Yeah, it took us an hour to find it. <laughs> oh, I remember that time. That's the maddest Jack has been in all his 39 years. Do you really believe he's only 39? Well, I did until one time he took me to the museum. The museum? Yeah. We were looking at the skeleton of dinosaur, and Mr. Benny was the only one who knew the hip bone was in the wrong place. <laughs> Gee, what a memory. But you know, I kind of envy him. He's been spending so much time lately in Palm Springs. Ah, Palm Springs. <laughs> so what's the matter with Palm Springs? I like it there. That's where I first met Jack Benny. That was in a little place called La Hacienda Sal de la Vista de la Carmelita Cresta. La Hacienda Sal de la Vista de la Carmelita Cresta? Yeah, that's Spanish, for the season is only five months long, but don't worry, we charge you for 12. <laughs> Operator, operator, operator. I'm sorry, Mr. Benny, but Mr. Trammell doesn't answer. All right, I'll call him later. Niles Trammell isn't in. Come on, Dennis, let's have your song. Okay. Hold it. Come in. Telegram for Jack Benny. I'll take it. Here's a tip for you, boy. Oh, goody, a nickel. Now they can open the cove again. <laughs> Go be nice to people. <laughs> Here, Mary, read the telegram. Okay. Uh-oh. What's the matter? It says, um, if you don't return my Oscar within 48 hours, I will not only take legal steps, but I will drag your name through the mud and expose you to the public as a blackguard, a phony, and an unmitigated fraud. Signed, Ronald Coleman. P.S. Benita sends her love to Mary. Gee. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. You know, Mary, I'm really in a spot. I never should have borrowed that Oscar. What am I going to do? Well, why don't you tell him the truth, Jack? Yeah, why don't you tell Ronnie that you were held up and it was stolen? No, no, I can't. There must be something else I can do. I've got it. What? It's John's other cuspidor. <laughs> Dennis, stop being silly. Now, come on, let's have your song, John's other cuspidor. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The things that big kids can think of. I
fellas, now is the hour sung by Dennis Day. Very good, Dennis. And now, ladies and gentlemen, because of what happened last Sunday, for our feature attraction tonight, we are going to present another chapter of last week's mystery melodrama entitled... Murder at the Racket Club. <laughs> or, he asked her for a little wine, so she gave him both barrels. <laughs> In this new version, you will hear... A new story, new characters, new jokes, and with luck, an ending. <laughs> Set the scene, Don. Okay. Our scene opens at the Palm Springs police station. Captain O'Benny is sitting in his chair with his feet up in the air. Somebody stole his desk. <laughs> Curtain, music! Climb down from my knees, sonny boy You're already 23, sonny boy I've no way of knowing Only that you're growing Old sonny boy There's the phone, chief Thank you, O'Day That kid's a great detective He knew it was the phone right away I'll take it. Hello, Palm Springs Police Station and mud baths. <laughs> we make you come clean. What's that, madam? You lost your cocker spaniel? Don't worry, we'll find him for you. What? Be sure to return the leash? Oh, your husband's on the other end. <laughs> Have you a description? The one with the cold nose is your husband. All right, goodbye. We got the silliest request here of any police station. Here's the phone, Chief. I knew it couldn't last. Come in. Morning, Chief. Good morning, Sergeant O'Wilson. Hey, wait a minute. This place is for customers. Did you sneak in here and take a mud bath? Not me, Chief. I haven't been near the mud bath. Don't lie to me. There's a gopher peeking out of your ear. <laughs> now, look. A woman lost her dog, and I want you and O'Day... Is that the phone? I think so. There's nobody at the door. <laughs> oh. I'll take it. Hello, Palm Springs Police Station and mud baths. Captain O'Benny speaking. What's that? What? Murder at the Racket Club? Gee, this is getting monotonous. <laughs> Quiet. Yes? Yeah, okay, we'll be right over. What's up, Chief? The well-known playboy, Kerry Carew, has been murdered. Oh, Wilson, get the police car. Yes, sir. We better take along the strong arm squad. O'Shaughnessy, O'Mallory, O'Flannery, O'Promise Me. Are you ready, boys? <laughs> now, come on, fellas. And I'm going to find the murderer of Kerry Carew or my name ain't. Calling all cars, calling all cars, attention police officers, before going out on a criminal investigation. First load your gun, and then take one of our baths. Why, be half sake. There must be something else on this radio. And so this concludes another chapter of that very popular daytime serial, John's Other Cuspidor. Gee, the kid was right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have one of our cuspidors, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> 
Could be. Come on, Sarge, step on the gas. L-S-M-T, L-S-M-T, Happy Boone and Speedy Ricks, a quality of product is essential to success. Hey! Okay, men, here we are. Are you sure this is the place, Chief? Certainly. See that sign there? Racket Club. $30 a day, European plan. $40 a day, American plan. $2 million a day, Marshall plan. Hmm. How can Herbert Marshall afford it? Let's go in, men. Open up! Open up, it's the police! Yes? I'm Captain O'Benny of the Palm Springs Police Department. I'm Charlie Farrell, star of Seventh Heaven. I know, I know. <laughs> now, look, Mr. Farrell. This is the second time in a week that a murder has been committed at the racket club. Why does it always happen here? Because people won't be found dead in any other place. Ha, ha, ha! Oh, Farrell, you may not be a comedian, but you sure know how to plug that joint. Stop with the wisecracks. Who are some of the people who are staying here? Well, there's Lana Turner, Tyrone Power, Betty Grable, Gary Cooper, Irene Dunn, and... Who? Uh, Irene Dunn. That's dead. Remember last week? <laughs> Watch it. You promised us new jokes. That one slipped in. Now, look, Mr. Farrell, we're going... Oh, don't in... be so formal. You don't have to call me Mr. Farrell. Okay, Charlie. No, no, that's too informal. What do you want me to call you? Star of Star Seventh, Seventh Heaven. Star Seventh Heaven. <laughs> Now, we're going inside and investigate this murder. Come on, men. Follow me. Let us follow Captain Benny. He's got dough, but don't spend any. Let us follow Captain Benny, for he is essential to our eating every day. Hey! Well, here we are in the lobby, men. Mr. Farrell, where's the body? We moved it out by the swimming pool. By the swimming pool? Well, just because he's dead is no reason why he shouldn't get a tan. Come on, man, we're going out of the swimming pool and see the body. Follow me. L-S-M-T, L-S-M-T, people at the racket club all know how much a suntan is essential to success. Hey! Here we are at the pool, men. Now let's find Carrie Carew's body. Hello, Chiefy. Hold it, man, I found a better one. <laughs> What's your name, miss? Well, last week I was Mitzi LaRue, but yesterday I married Carrie Carew and became Mitzi LaRue Carew. Mitzi LaRue Carew? That's kind of monotonous, isn't it? Not anymore. Half hour ago, somebody slew Carew, and I'm back to LaRue. Good for you. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I think you're the one that did it. You got a smoking gun in your hand. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. Why not? This gun's been smoking for nigh on to 20 years. Oh, it has, eh? You ought to arrest her, Captain. That's her gun, and Carrie Carew was shot with it. But I didn't do it. This morning I filled my gun with bullets and left it in my room, went out for a walk. A likely story. <laughs> you mean to say that after putting bullets in it, you walked out and left the gun in the room all by itself? Yeah, it was lonely but loaded. Well, we'll go over and examine the body because... <laughs> What's that, another murder? No, one of the guests just got his bill. <laughs> now, Miss LaRue, I want to get all the details regarding the murder of your husband, Carrie Carew. He may have been poisoned before he was shot. What did he have for dinner? He had a filet mignon. A steak, eh? How was the steak cooked? It was well did. You're not going to catch me. <laughs> 
Well, now, look, sister, I'm holding you for the murder because hey, I Chief, don't... Chief, Chief! Yeah, what is it, O'Day? I was out searching the grounds. I saw a man walking along with a dog, so I questioned him. Did he have an alibi? No, a cocker spaniel. Hmm. I had that line, but I wouldn't touch it. <laughs> you keep out of this, Farrell. Now, O'Day, tell me about this man you saw. Can you describe him? Yeah, he was dressed like a cowboy. Was he a real cowboy or a dude? That's did. <laughs> Never mind! <laughs> Now, look. Oh, Chief, Chief. What is it, O'Wilson? I couldn't find the man or the dog, but here's the leash. The leash? I'm not a leash. I'm Frank Sinatra. And put me down. <laughs> Hello, Frank. Now, this is Sinatra. What are you doing here at the racket club? I thought you were staying at the El Irisado. I am. I was over here taking... I was over there taking a sunbath, and I guess it's windier than I thought. One line, he nearly killed the whole thing. Well, I guess I blew that, huh? Well, we'll be off the air again. <laughs> now listen, Sinatra. Listen, Sinatra, what do you know about the murder of Ketty Kadu? Ketty Kahu? Kadu. Well, I don't know anything about it. I'm just waiting around till another wind comes up. Well, look, Sinatra, everyone here at the club is under suspicion. So I'll have to hold you till we can find... Hmm. Poor Frankie thinks he's going back to the El Rosado. That was a five o'clock breeze for Banning. Oh, well, he can get off at Cabazon, take the local Zephyr back. Well, come on, man. Let's go in the lobby and start drilling the suspects. Follow me. L-70, L-70, everyone but Frank Sinatra is so round and firm and very, very fully packed. Hey! Now, just a minute, fellas. There's a very suspicious-looking man over there. Hey, you! Now, don't move. I want to question you. Now, what's your name? Sam Goldwyn. Samuel Goldwyn, yeah? Hey, wait a minute. Are you that famous, talented, colossal, inimitable genius of the motion picture industry? That's what it says on my driver's license. <laughs> Never mind the wisecracks. This is murder. I know. I've been listening to it. <laughs> I don't mean that. Now, tell me, Mr. Goldwyn, what were you doing... <laughs> What are... What were you doing when the shot was fired? I was... Th <laughs> Stop laughing or we won't get off the air again. I... What were you doing when the shot was fired? I was standing here hating myself for not producing Go With The Wind. <laughs> At seventh heaven! <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> now, listen. You know who was the star of Seventh Heaven, don't you? Certainly. It's marked on every guest towel. Now, Mr. Goldwyn, I'd like to talk to you alone. Would you mind stepping into the other room? Not at all. Now, Mr. Goldwyn, I have a confession to make. I'm not really a police captain. I'm Jack Benny. Well, then, we're reading. What? I'm not really a genius, I'm just colossal. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, good, good. Now, Mr. Goldman, what I want to talk to you about is this. Look, as you probably know, I borrowed Ronald Coleman's Oscar and lost it, and I thought maybe you could lend me one. Now, you did win one last year for the best years of our lives, didn't you? I won nine. You won nine Oscars? Now hmm? I... Now that I think of it, I am a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That picture also won the Academy Award in England, didn't it? Cheerio, yip, yip. <laughs> now, Mr. Goldwyn. Now, Mr. Goldwyn, I thought that maybe, as a personal favor to me, you'd just lend me one of your Oscars. Huh? But, Jack, uh, didn't you win an Oscar for the home blows at midnight? No, but I was close. They hit me over the head with it. <laughs> now, Mr. Goldwyn, please lend me one of your Oscars. When did you return it? When I'm done with it. When I'm... That's did. Now I'll never loan it to you. I thought you'd never get to that line either. All right, then. If that's the case, I might as well finish our mystery. All right, men, line up the suspects. And I'll find the murderer of Kitty Canoe. Or my name ain't... What's that? Somebody threw a rock through the window. Hey, look, Chief, there's a note on it. Give me that. Let me read it. I haven't had a line in the whole play. (laughs) You're the body. Lie down. I said you're dead, lie down. Darn this climate. (laughs) Now, where's the note? It may be something important. Hmm, It is important. It's from the National Broadcasting Company. What does it say, Chief? It says, talk faster, you'll be cut off the air again. (laughs) P.S. Niall Strammel sends his love to Mary. (laughs) Well, we better hurry up. Hey, you over there, you look suspicious. Now, what have you got to say about the murder and talk fast? (laughs) I thought so, a full confession. All right, men, you know your duty. Get going. Mud baths, mud baths. Get your mud baths at the Palm Springs Police Station. Mud baths, mud baths. Get your mud baths at the Palm Springs Police Station. Ladies and gentlemen, the American Red Cross finds it necessary to continue its fundraising campaign to help our hospitalized veterans, to say nothing of its many other services to our community. Please give generously to your local Red Cross chapter. It needs more money than ever before. Thank you. Jack, we'll be back in just a minute. But first, here's Basil Rysdale. Independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike first choice. Lucky Strike, first choice over any other brand. The famous Crosley poll has just completed an impartial survey in 11 southern tobacco states. This poll, taken among tobacco experts, reveals the smoking preference of the men who really know tobacco. Yes? For their own personal smoking enjoyment, independent tobacco experts again name Lucky Strike, first choice. Lucky Strike... First choice over any other brand. These are the experts, auctioneers, buyers, and warehousemen. And we believe their overwhelming preference for Lucky Strike has a direct relationship to the quality tobacco we purchase for Luckies. You've heard the poll results. Now listen to what Mr. Charles Belvin, veteran tobacco buyer from Durham, North Carolina, recently said. Season after season, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy ripe, mild tobacco. I've smoked Lucky's 16 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T! L-S-M-F-T! Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, be sure to hear the Phil Harris Alice Faye show on Sundays and a day in the life of Dennis Day on Wednesdays. Next Sunday, our guest star will be Dorothy Kirsten of the, Melod- of the Metropolitan Grand Opera. I want to thank Samuel Goldwyn for appearing here tonight through the courtesy of Samuel Goldwyn. <laughs> Frank Sinatra can be heard every Saturday night on the Lucky Strike Hit Parade and can be seen on the screen in that RKO picture, Miracle of the Bells. Charlie Farrell, star of Seventh Heaven, can currently be seen behind the cash register at the racket club. <laughs> Incidentally, ladies and gentlemen, Seventh Heaven was produced by 19th Century Fox. <laughs> and next week, next week, we will be back oh, Mr. In... Bunny! Mr. Bunny! Jack, the engineer wants you. Oh. Oh, what is it, Mr. Foster? I've got terrible news for you. Oh, my goodness. Were we cut off the air again? No, they heard every word. <laughs> How do you like that? If it's not one thing, it's another. Good night, everybody. <laughs> This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. The Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Faye and Phil Harris. for hair that is dreamy soft like moonlight and glistening with romantic highlights use Fitch's new cream shampoo Fitch cream shampoo leaves hair romantically soft and shining that's because it's made with two beneficial beauty aids purified lanolin and the finest olive oil lanolin is used to soften your hair to help overcome dryness olive oil is used to bring out the sparkling highlights to make hair glisten as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. And fragrant Fitch cream shampoo is so simple to use. Just a dab billows into clouds of rich lather in hard or soft water. Then to rinse, a swish of plain water and every trace of suds disappears. After shampooing, your hair is wonderfully soft and a joy to arrange. Fitch cream shampoo is economical too. Compare its size, compare its low cost. Ask for it at drug and toilet goods counters. That's Fitch Cream Shampoo. For hair that's soft like moonlight and shining like bright starlight. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Ann Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris.
This is the time of year when fathers all over America are teaching their young sons how to play baseball. Not having any sons, Phil is forced to do his duty with daughters. And so, as we look in on the Harris backyard, we find Alice and the two children reluctantly taking baseball instructions. Now look, I know you women can't play baseball as well as us men, but I'm going to try and teach you anyway. Oh, Phil, I don't think the children are interested in baseball. No, Daddy, we want to play with our dolls. Forget the dolls. Now, come on, baby Alice, you pitch it in, and I'll show you how to knock that horse hide over the fence. Do you want me to be the catcher, Phil? If you want to. <laughs> Won't be necessary. It'll never get by me. Now, look, baby Alice, you better throw it as hard as you can, or it won't even reach the plate. All right, Daddy. Come on, baby, breeze it in close and let her high. This guy's a sucker for an inside curve. Well, get a load of the Bill Dickey of Encino. <laughs> All right, come on, baby, now throw it, and throw it fast. Okay, here it comes. Steer right! How was that, Daddy? Thank you, Bob Feller. <laughs> Hey, look, baby Alice, throw it a little easier because I don't want you to strain your little arm. Now, uh, now let's try it again. Steer right! Hmm, how can you hit it when you can't see it? Shall I throw another one in, Daddy? Uh, uh, no, uh, look, uh, baby Alice, let, let Phyllis throw it this time. She's smaller and a little weaker. <laughs> Phyllis, uh, you don't throw as fast as Alice, do you? Only when I bear down and burn them in. <laughs> then they sizzle over the platter like a jet job. Oh, uh, well, what are we waiting for? Get out your dolls if we're going to play with them. <laughs> oh, goody, we can play house now. Daddy, you can be the papa. Here, hold this doll. Okay, okay. Better than getting my brains knocked out with her fast ball. <laughs> All right, kids. I'm holding the doll. Now what? Hi, kids. Hello, Alice. Hello, hello Uncle Frankie. Hello, Frankie. Oh, hello, Frankie. Hi, Curly. Where you got in your arms? <laughs> A doll? <laughs> oh. Should I go home and get mine? <laughs> Frankie, come back here. It won't take but a minute. <laughs> you see, I'm Little Red Riding Hood, and I left it at my grandmama. <laughs> all right, all right. I was playing with the children. Hey, look, girls, you can run along now and play with the kids next door. I want to talk to your Uncle Frankie. I had to play with dolls because the girls didn't want to play baseball. You know how girls are. What's your own fault for having girls? <laughs> I told you to have boys, but did you listen to me? No. You had to go out and get girls. Well, don't blame me. It's Alice's fault. She does all the shopping for the family. I couldn't be choosy, fellas. I got them during the war when there was a shortage of materials. Hey, Remley. Huh? Hey, uh... Hey, as long as you're here, uh... You and I can play ball. Okay, let's have a catch. You peg a fast one to me, Curly. You ready? Set like a nurse's cat. <laughs> hey, Alice, 
Hey, Alice, come here. Watch the way men play this game. Oh, no, thanks. I'm going in the house. All right, go ahead. We'll have fun. Hey, Frankie, catch this one now. Here it comes. It's too high, Curly. Alice, look out. Oh. Hey, Curly, you hit her right in the head. Oh, no. Alice. Alice. Oh, Alice, are you all right, honey? She looks all right, Curly. There's no bump on her head. Must have just stunned her a little. Alice. Alice, say something. Speak to me. Oh, oh, my poor head. Oh, my poor head feels twice its size. Oh, sure. I know how you feel, honey. I used to have a head like that almost every morning. Uh, thank goodness you're all right, Alice. Yeah, honey, you're going to be all right. Wait a minute, I'll help you up. There. Oh, thank you, kind sir. It's awfully nice of you two strangers to help me. Oh, that's all right. I... <laughs> strangers? Oh, come on, stop your kidding, Alice. This is Frankie, and I'm Phil. Phil? Phil who? I'm Phil Harris. Don't you know me? Phil Harris. I'm sorry, but the name means nothing to me. Hey, Curly, that wallop must have affected her. Yeah, when the name Phil Harris means nothing to a dame, she's in trouble. <laughs> hey, come on, we better call a doctor. Oh, hello, Doc. How is she? Yeah, Doc's Alice going to be all right? Yes, yes, she's all right. Oh. There's absolutely nothing to worry about, Mr. Harris. Oh, thank goodness. But, Doc, uh... She didn't seem to know me. I know, I know. You see, the blow struck the cerebellum, causing the medulla to distend, which resulted in a pressure on the oblongata, bringing about a lacuna condition, more commonly known as retrograde amnesia. Oh, brother, are we going to get a bill for this one? <laughs> hey, Doc. Hey, what does that mean? Well, it's just a simple amnesia, causing a temporary loss of memory concerning certain events in her life. She'll snap out of it by tomorrow. But, Doc... She doesn't seem to remember me. No, no, her married life is one of the episodes that's blacked out. It's a subconscious desire to escape an unhappy experience. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Doc, that's impossible. How could any woman be unhappy with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I'll be running along. Be very patient with Mrs. Harris. Humor her, and she'll get around to remembering you. Good day. All right, thanks, Doc. Hey, Frankie. Hmm? I think that doctor knows what he's talking about. Alice, possibly, it's... Uh, she could... Well, she couldn't forget that she's married to me, and I'm going to prove it to you. Now, let's go in the room. I want to talk to her. All Come right. on. Alice, uh, how do you feel? Yeah, you Okay. Oh, I feel fine, thank you. <laughs> sure. I knew she's going to be all right, Frankie. Sure. Hey, Alice, you remember me, don't you? Oh, of course. You're the kind old gentleman who helped me. <laughs> Alice, I'm not a kind old gentleman. I'm your loving husband, the one who beans you with a baseball. Husband? You must be mistaken, sir. I'm not married to you. Well, this is a fine time to tell me after we have two children. <laughs> Children? Yeah, children. You got two of them. Are you one of them? 
Of course not. Thank goodness. <laughs> now, please, gentlemen, you're just trying to confuse me. I'm not married. I don't have children. I'm too busy with my movie career. Tomorrow I'm, I'm to star in Alexander's Ragtime Band. Frankie, she's living in the past. <laughs> and besides, I'm too young to get married. Oh, she's really living in the past. <laughs> I gotta try to refresh your memory Look, Alice, now look Alice, look at me I'm the man you're madly in love with Oh You've shaved off your mustache, Sam Alice, I am not She never told me nothing about no Sam <laughs> Look, Alice, listen You've got to remember me Now, now, now look at me mm -hmm. Now concentrate mm -hmm. I'm Phil Harris F-I-L Phil Harris <laughs> Alice, look. Now look at me. Look at my curly hair. Nobody else has curly hair like this. Rub your fingers through it. Notice the texture. As though it had been brushed. And brushed. And brushed. And brushed. Now, doesn't that remind you of something? Yes. I think I'll have shredded wheat for breakfast. Well, that's what she thinks of my hair, and to think I was going to give her a lock of it for Mother's Day. Oh, Frankie, there must be some way I can make her remember. I can't... Hey, wait a minute. What? Hey, I got it. I got it. I'll sing to her. The sound of my voice ought to do something to her. Yeah. Always does something to me. My voice will have an effect on her mind. Well, that ain't where it affects me, but try it anyway. <laughs> hey, Alice, look. Now, listen to this. Just close your eyes and listen. I'm going to sing the same song I sang to you when I was courting you. Now, remember this romantic ballad? And I sing with delight As I spend most the night Deep that billowy ocean with you Last night, I dreamed that I was down in the bottom of the sea, down in that salty water. And I met a maiden fair who had a cottage there. Little FHA job, three-room layout. <laughs> but she had the tail of a fish for a train. But whoa, now, whoa, how that gal could entertain. And what a time I had with Minnie, the mermaid, down in the bottom of the sea. I lost all my troubles in amongst the bubbles Why, she was just as sweet as she could be And every night when the starfish came out I hugged and kissed her so Whoa, whoa, what a time I had with Minnie The mermaid down in the bottom of the sea Oh, down in the bottom of the sea Whoa, what a time I had with Minnie The mermaid down in the bottom of the sea I lost all my troubles in amongst the bubbles That Minnie made a sucker out of me And every night when the starfish came out I hugged and kissed her so Oh, oh, what a time I had with Minnie The mermaid down in her seaweed bungalow Low, down in her seaweed bungalow Many brave hearts are asleep in the deep so beware, 
that's the love song you sang when you were courting her? Yeah. I wonder she wants to forget you. Nobody's asking you. Alice, did my, did my singing mean anything to you, honey? Uh, uh, how'd you like it? Oh, I thought it was heavenly. Heavenly? Oh, what a sense of direction. The song was very nice, but it didn't remind me of anything, Mr. Mr. What is your name again? Harris. Phil Harris. Oh, yes, yes. Well, thank you very much for helping me, and if you're ever in the neighborhood, do drop in, Mr. Paris. <laughs> and uh, bring your friend along, Mr. Mr. What's your name? I'm sorry, sir. Hemley. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Listen, Hemley, stay out of this just a minute, will you? Hey, wait. Hey, I got it. What? I know how to make her remember me. I'll kiss her. That's what I'll do. What I'll makes, do it. What makes you so sure? It never misses. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Mr. Hemley. <laughs> there ain't nothing as invigorating as a kissola from Hot Lips Harris. Hey, Alice, come here and pucker up while I plant a kiss on those luscious lips. Now, please, sir, I never let a strange man kiss me. You're my wife, and I'm going to kiss you. Please, Mr. Paris, don't. Now, please. Now, don't please fight don't me. Do don't that. fight me. I'm going I... to plant a kiss on you that'll make you remember. Come over. Oh. <laughs> there. How is that? If that's planting, brother, you need farm relief. <laughs> Could I be losing my grip, Mr. Ham? <laughs> that used to plow her under. Maybe you better rotate your crops, girl. <laughs> Come on, Remley, let's leave her alone. The Remley, rest... when you have the time. <laughs> the rest will probably do her good. There's no use to talk to her now. She probably needs rest. Come on. See you later, Alice. Yes. And yes, it called me sometime. But not this week, because I'm dated every night. Bye-bye. Hey, Frankie hmm? Did you hear that last crack? Bye-bye No <laughs> Did you hear what you... If I don't bring her memory back She'll start going out with other men Oh, Frankie, it's all my fault Why did Alice have to be the one who got hit? Why couldn't it have been somebody else Like me Or you Or... Good morning, Philip <laughs> Or better yet, him. Where's Alice? She's lying down. Yeah. Curly hit her with a baseball bat. I didn't hit her with a bat. I just conked her with a baseball. You struck my sister? I always suspected you were a wife beater, you sadistic beast. Now, William, wait a minute. It was an Don't accident. Don't talk I... to me, you bully. <laughs> Oh, if it wasn't for my dislocated sack Rowilliac, I'd take you out in the alley and teach you a lesson you'd never forget as long as you live. Get lost or I'll breathe on you. I'm trying to tell you I didn't do it on purpose. The ball accidentally hit her. Yeah, she'll be all right. The doctor was here, and he said she's suffering from temporary amnesia. Oh, my poor sister. 
That's awful. Yeah, there are parts of her life she doesn't remember at all. Oh, <gasps> how horrible. I, I feel positively miserable about this. Yeah, but that ain't all. She doesn't remember anything about being married. She doesn't even remember me. Oh, you're just saying that to cheer me up. <laughs> now, 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 where is Alice? I want to see her. Now, wait, wait, wait. The doctor said nobody else can see her. I'll take care of her. You just go home, Willie, and leave everything to me. I'll take care of her. Well, very well. But call me later now and let me know how she is. Goodbye, Philip. Hey, Curly, maybe you should have let Alice see Willie. She might have remembered him. Don't be silly. What? That's absurd. <laughs> How could she remember an unpleasant thing like him and forget a beautiful thing like me? <laughs> Gosh, Frankie, there must be some Why, way... Are you two gentlemen still here? I'll have to insist that you leave. I am not leaving. You're my wife, and I Curly, refuse Curly, to get... Curly, you're handling this the wrong way. The doctor said we should humor her. Let's go outside. Maybe we'll think of some way to bring her around. No. Okay. We'll leave. Goodbye. I want to be alone. <laughs> oh, dear. The cranks we movie stars have to put up with. <laughs> Which reminds me, I'm starting a picture tomorrow and I haven't rehearsed my song yet. <gasps> Daryl will be furious. Oh, my honey, oh, my honey, better hurry and let me enter. Ain't you going, ain't you going to the leader man, ragged leader man? Oh, my honey, oh, my honey, let me take you to Alexander's grandstand, brass band. Ain't you coming along? Come on in here, come on in here, Alexander's ragtime band. Come on in here, come on in here, it's the best band in the land. They can play a bugle call like you never heard before, so natural that you want to go to war. That's just the bestest band, what I am. Oh, my honey lamb, come on along, come on along, let me take you by the hand. Up to the man, up to the man, who's the leader of the band. And if you care to hear the Swanee River played in ragtime, come on and hear, come on and hear Alexander's ragtime band. Come on and hear, come on and hear Alexander's ragtime band. Come on and hear, come on and hear. They can play a bugle call like you never heard before So natural that you want to go to war That's just the bestest band what I am Oh, my honey lamb, come on along, come on along Let me take you by the hand Up to the man, up to the man Who's the leader of the band And if you care to hear the Swanee River play In ragtime Come on in here, come on in here, Alexander's Ragtime Band.
fine thing. Chased out of my own house, Alice won't let me in, and now I got to sit out in front here. Frankie, what am I going to do? She may never remember me. Wait a minute, Curly. I once read someplace that a sudden shock can cure amnesia. If something awful were happening to you, a wife's normal instinct would be to go to the aid of her husband. Ah, stop it. What awful thing could be happening to me? I'll think of something. <laughs> Let's see. It's got to be good and gory or it won't work. <laughs> what could be happening to you? Well, I could commit Harry Carey with a dull shoehorn. <laughs> that ain't practical. I got it. We'll ring the bell, and when Alice answers the door, I'll be throttling you to death. That's practical? <laughs> oh, just pretend to choke it, Curly. I'll put my hands around your neck and squeeze gently. All like right. this. Like that, huh? Yeah. Oh, if you promise to do it gently now, huh? Gently. Gently. Okay. Now lie down on the stoop and yell like you're being hurt. Let's try it once. All right, throttle. Ready? <laughs> Help! Help! You kidding? Louder, Curly, louder! Help! That's it. Help! Mr. Remley, stop it! What are you doing to that poor, broken-down panhandler? <laughs> now, he ain't a panhandler, Julius. It's Mr. Harris, and I'm choking him. Oh. Need any help? <laughs> Looks like fun. No, I'm not choking him for fun. I'm doing it for Mrs. Harris's sake. That's gratitude for you. After all the things I've done for her, you'd think she'd give me the job. Look, Junior, will you go away? Now you're going to spoil everything. Hey, you're doing a very sloppy job, Mr. Emily. He's still able to talk. Look, Julius, Frankie's doing this because Mrs. Harris lost her memory and we're trying to shock her back to normal. She lost her memory? Oh, my poor soulmate. How did it happen? I hit her with a baseball. You hit her? You struck the girl in my dreams? For that, you're going to answer to me. Put up your dukes, Mark. <laughs> Go back to the market and box the apples, kid. <laughs> now, leave me alone. I feel bad enough as it is. Alice has amnesia, and she doesn't remember that she's married to me. Now, wait a minute. You can't see her because it won't do any good anyway because she won't remember you. Well, I don't care. I want to see her anyway. I... What's all this racket out here? Miss Faye. Hello, Julius. <laughs> hey, she knows him. Yeah, she's starting to remember. Remember what, Frankie? Oh, oh, oh she knows you too, Frankie. Yeah. Yeah, she's all right. She's okay now. Sure. She knows everybody. You know me too, don't you, honey? Yes. You're the kind old gentleman. I am. <laughs> I am not the kind old gentleman. Who is that old man, anyway? <laughs> Julius, tell this man I'm not married to him. Of course you're not. You're engaged to me, soulmate, and we'll open tomorrow. Now, look, Julius, you better cut that out, do you hear me? What are you trying to do, take advantage of her loss of memory? You said it, Mike. <laughs> you better get away from me, kid. <laughs> you better move back. <laughs> look, Alice, I'm going to make you remember Oh, me. why force it, Curly? The doctor said she'd be okay by tomorrow. I ain't going to wait. Now, look, Alice, I'm going to try to refresh your memory. Now, let's go back to the time we met. It was at the Coconut Grove. 
coconut grove? Sounds familiar. Of course it does. Now listen, I was leading my band and singing, and you were standing there looking at me adoringly. Now, now, do you remember that? Yes. Yes, you were singing. Now you're getting it, honey. That's it. That's right. I was singing. A handsome, curly-headed band leader that all the girls were crazy about. Wait. Wait, it's coming back. You're my curly-headed band leader. How could I ever forget you? Alice. Kiss me, Rudy. Oh! <laughs> oh, no, anybody but that. Vincent Lopez, Isom Jones, John Philip Sousa, but not that. Bill will be back in just a moment. No shampoo in a tube. No shampoo in a jar. And no other shampoo in a bottle leaves your hair so completely dandruff-free as Fitch. Fitch's dandruff remover shampoo. For Fitch is the only shampoo specifically made to remove dandruff. Leading medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind other people see. The second type clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind you can feel. And Fitch is guaranteed to remove both kinds of dandruff completely. So be free of all embarrassing dandruff with Fitch. Fitch is the only shampoo made that's guaranteed to remove dandruff with the first application. And the Fitch guarantee is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. Remember, no shampoo in a tube, no shampoo in a jar, and no other shampoo in a bottle leaves your hair so completely dandruff-free as Fitch. So switch to Fitch. Use it regularly each week. At drug counters, barber, and beauty shops, ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch is spelled F-I-T-C-H. Folks, this is Phil Harris again to tell you that this is National Pharmacy Week. Your local druggist in the interest of public health urges you to support the American Cancer Society. Your druggist knows, and you should realize, that everyone has a very personal stake in the American Cancer Society's threefold program of education, service, and research. Remember. Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with purified lanolin and the finest olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. This is NBC. The National Broadcasting Company. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Buck Benny again. At the Puyallup Fair this time. That's as appropriate since last week. Uh, Jack went to the circus with the gang and tried to sneak in under the tent. Didn't work out so well for him. But luckily, uh, I get tickets to the fair, so did I work for a school district? Hey. <laughs> anyway, um, if y'all fair in Washington State, let's see if I know the song. You can do it at a trot. You can do it at a gallop. Something to let your heart palpitate. So don't be late. Do the Puyallup. <laughs> anyway, uh, hope you enjoy this episode of the Jack Benny Show. It's famous. This is. Uh, 
salute to Walt Disney and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Snow White had been around for a while out of theaters, and so it had definitely been breaking records and so forth. Um, so Jack decided to do a parody of it. Uh, I believe Walt Disney was in the audience that night, and uh, it's famous for having the funniest, oh, the funniest, longest laugh uh, of the series, I believe, about 30 seconds. And Mary sets it up great, and then I'm not sure if it's Mel Blanc that sets up the that does the humorous sounds that uh, trigger the laugh, or or who does that? But it's perfect. It's almost a setup for the whole first part of the show for that one laugh. So uh, it's a great episode. Uh, it's one of the only ones I can think of where the the skit is basically the entire episode or the majority of the episode anyway. Uh, enjoy it. Fantastic episode. Great acting all around. Great, good writing. Just fun show. It's the episode that follows directly after the one last week. So we'll see you later. J E L L O. The Jello program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with Hooray for Hollywood from Hollywood Hotel. Oftentimes, there is some one thing that seems to have extra pleasant associations for us. It may be a place, it may be a song, it may be a word. For instance, a letter we received just the other day says, The word jello will always mean something special to me because it's almost the one dessert I can remember having as a youngster. I remember the picture of the jello girl on the box. I remember jello's bright party colors. I feel as if I'd grown up with jello, and it's a friend I'll never forget. Well, we hope a lot of you feel that way about jello. It has been America's favorite dessert for over 40 years. And the only changes in Jell-O have been to make it even better. Jell-O has a deeper, richer, more satisfying fruit taste than ever before. And Jell-O sets more quickly now. It's quicker and easier to prepare. But remember, there is only one Jell-O. There's always been only one Jell-O. So don't accept any substitutes for the real thing. Look for the big red letters on the box that always spelled Jell-O. Hollywood played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this being the first day of daylight saving time, we bring you a man who saves time, money, and old pieces of string, Jack Benny. <laughs> Hello again, this is Jack Benny who also saves paper bags. They come in mighty handy, too. Well, Don, if we were in the East now, we'd have an extra hour today. Sixty whole minutes to do with as we please. Uh, what would you do with yours? Well, Jack, if I had an extra hour, I think I'd go on a diet. You know, uh, not eat anything. Not eat anything for a whole hour? <laughs> Why, Don, that would be a drastic move for you, wouldn't it? Yes, but I should do it anyway, Jack. I think I'm getting a little plump. Oh, a little plump? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's getting plump. Oh, plump. <laughs> 
Listen, Don, if I were a penny-weighing machine and saw you coming toward me, I'd pull up my scales and run. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> You're just F-A-T. Oh, I not only resent that, but deny it. Anyway, we were talking about daylight saving time, weren't we? You know, Jack, I forgot all about our show going on an hour earlier. When I got up, I had to run over here like a streak of lightning. Boy, I had to rush. I know, Phil, and those pajamas are very becoming. <laughs> I'm glad you like them. Imagine coming to the studio in pajamas. You didn't even bother to dress. I did, too. I never wear the tops. <laughs> oh. Well, I noticed that at least you took time to curl your hair. I did not. It's a mess. <laughs> well, anyway... <laughs> Well, anyway, just because we're on an hour earlier today is no excuse for being careless, you know. Say, Jack, why do they have daylight saving time in the east and not out here? Well, Mary, that's so the people there can get up an hour earlier in the morning, and then when evening comes, they have an extra hour of sunshine. Suppose it's raining. Well, then they have an extra hour of rain. Uh, like we have here? Quiet. <laughs> it never rains in California. Never. Well, gee, I wish someone had told my uncle that this morning. Which uncle? The one with the wooden leg that warped. <laughs> Look, Mary, you asked me a question. I answered it. Now leave me alone. Say, Jack. Oh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Kenny? You know, I, I, I can't understand one thing about daylight saving time. What's that? Well, this morning I set my watch 60 minutes ahead. And when I came to the broadcast, I was an hour too early. Why was that? Well, look, Kenny, you didn't have to set your watch ahead. That's only in the east. Do you realize you're the only person in the whole state of California that did it? Was there a prize for that? <laughs> yes, bend over. <laughs> what a kid. He's hopeless. Well, at least I know rain when I see it. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind that. Now, look, fellas, we have no more time to discuss rain or daylight saving because, as I announced last week, tonight we're going to do a very long play. In fact, it's a musical comedy. A musical comedy? Yes, Phil, if you'd show up for rehearsal, this wouldn't be such a shock to you. <laughs> oh, those rehearsals bore me more than the show. Oh, that's too bad. Now, listen, fellas, we got to do something to make Phil happy here. Now you're talking. Shut up or I'll fire you. <laughs> Anyhow, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the Benny Light Opera Troupe will present... will present what we consider a real masterpiece. We're going to offer our version of Walt Disney's sensational film and supreme achievement, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Now, uh, this will go on immediately Hey, Jack, I didn't see that picture What's a dwarf? A dwarf, Kenny, is a jockey with a long beard <laughs> Now, in our version Am I going to be a dwarf, Jack? You, Don? <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at, eh? He couldn't be a dwarf in an elephant act <laughs> Well, you'll be in it anyway, Don now, in our musical comedy version, folks, as none of us look like dwarfs, we are going to call our play Snow White and the Seven Gangsters. 
Uh, Mary Livingston, who is scared to death of these gangsters, will be Snow White. Now, let's see. There's also a Prince Charming. Say, Jack, can I be Prince Charming? Over my dead body. <laughs> let's see, who else? Oh, the witch. Uh, where's that witch I hired? Here I am. <laughs> Is she going to be my stepmother? Yes, and she's going to give you a poisoned apple. You stool pigeon. Quiet, you old bat. <laughs> uh, now, uh, our cast is complete. Except, oh, where's Andy? Here I am, Buck. Am I going to be one of the dwarves? No, Andy, you're going to be a gangster, not a dwarf. Shucks, and I went out and had my legs shortened. <laughs> Leg shorten? How'd you do that? I glued him to a cheap pair of pants and went out in the rain. Now, the next one that says it rains in California, I'm going to hit him right over the head with my umbrella. <laughs> now, remember, fellas, we're all gangsters, and I'm going to be the roughest, toughest, meanest one of them all. Just a no-good rat. See? Wow. I'm as tough as any of those movie gangsters, ain't I, Mary? Yeah, you're a regular Edward G. Buttercup. <laughs> well, just the same, I can act tough. Say, Jack, do we all have to be hard-boiled? Of course, Don, and you ought to get into the mood. Okay. Now, uh, get this, ladies and gentlemen. You better rush down to your nearest grocer and get a package of Jell-O. See? It comes in six delicious flavors. See? That's telling them, Don. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, and lime. See? That's it. I guess they see, Don. Now, folks, our play will go on immediately after Kenny Baker's song. What are you going to sing, Kenny? One song from a picture of Snow White. One false move, now let you have it. Okay, Kenny, let's have it. Okay. Right. Possessed me One love Thrilling me through One song My heart keeps singing Of one love Only for you With a song I come to you Like a troubadour That and nothing more I have no lute to play No tinkling guitar Just a song to tell you How sweet to me you are One song I have but one song One song only for you One heart Tenderly beating Ever entreating Constantly true One love That has possessed me One love Thrilling me through one song my heart keeps singing of one love. 
have but one song, one song for you. My song of One song from Snow White sung by Kenny Baker. And thanks, Kenny. It was certainly apropos. You said it, son. Hmm. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our musical comedy, Snow White and the Seven Gangsters. We will present this little fairy tale in four acts and 39 scenes. So take off your shoes, folks. You gotta stay in tonight. Here we go. The opening scene is the isolated farmhouse on Long Island, which is the hideout of the notorious Benny Gang. As the curtain rises, Doc Benny is giving his boys a pep talk. Curtain. Music. Now listen, men. We got a big job on for tonight. The biggest thing we've tackled since we cracked the mint. We're gonna stick up the 12th National Bank. Do you get that? I'll call the roll, see if we're all here. Sleepy. Here, Doc. Sneezy. It's you, Doc. Gesundheit. Happy. I'm right here, Doc, feeling fine and ready to go. <laughs> he wears... <laughs> he wears feather underwear, folks. Grumpy. Right here, Chief. But I'm afraid we're going to get caught this time. Oh, you're too pessimistic. Bashful. Oh, shucks, Doc, you know I'm here. Now, come on over here with the rest of us. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> A fine gangster. Now, let's see, who else? Oh, yes, Dopey. That's me, folks. <laughs> and you're a fine crook, too, the way you waste your time. What do you mean? Well, I sent you out to pick pockets yesterday, and you wasted two hours on Fred Allen. <laughs> hmm. Imagine picking Allen's pocket. What did you find there? A hole. Oh. <laughs> he buries his money, eh? And you, Bashful. What's the matter, Doc? I sent you out to take a guy for a ride, and you went in separate cars. Well, gee, I didn't know him very well. That's a great excuse. Now, listen, fellas. You've been laying down on the job lately. I want you all to be up on your toes tonight. Say, Doc. What is it, Sleepy? What time are we going to rob the bank tonight? About 12 o'clock. And don't be late like you always are. I'm afraid of that job, Chief. We're sure to get caught and be sent up the river for 20 years. Oh, we will, eh? How do you feel about it, Happy? Well, Grumpy's right. We'll all go to Sing Sing and never come out. Gee, it'll be awful. <laughs> hmm. Certainly got a brave bunch of men here, scared of your own shadow. I'm not scared. I'm dopey. <laughs> you said it. Now, remember, men, we got a big job on tonight, and we got to get some money. There's a payment due on our machine gun. <laughs> So let's all work together. Just as soon as our supply of dynamite gets here, we'll go. Come in. Package of dynamite for Doc Benny. <laughs> Sign here. Now, wait a minute. Is this dynamite good and strong? I think so. I had two arms when I started out. Goodbye. <laughs> all right, men. Now, listen carefully. We'll meet tonight at exactly 11 o'clock in the alley right in back of the bank. Is that clear? What about you, Dopey? Do you know where we're going to meet? If I forget, I'll ask a policeman. 
All right, but leave your girl home this time. I remember, fellas, 11 o'clock in the alley behind the bank. And then do you know where we go from there? Where? Hi-ho, hi-ho, to rob the bank we'll go. A safe will blow and grab them go. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. Now don't be late, you know. We gotta work quick with a chisel and pick. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. I'm sleepy, that I know. And I'm so shy, I nearly die. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. Why don't you eat jello? Just try a dish, it's so delish. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho. To rob the bank we'll go. A safe will blow and grab the dope. Hi-ho, 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 hi-ho. Now don't be late, you know. We gotta work quick with a chisel and pick. Hi-ho, hi-ho. The scene changes. We now take you to the home of Miss Snow White, who lives on Park Avenue with her cruel stepmother, Mrs. Agatha Witch. Oh, she's a meanie. Take it away, Park Avenue. Hello? Who? No, she can't talk to you, and don't be calling up here anymore. Goodbye yourself. Who was that, stepmother? That was your boyfriend, Prince Charming. A princess. <laughs> now listen, Snow. <laughs> I don't want you to go out with him anymore. He's just after your money. So are you. Well, I saw you first. <laughs> now don't you dare to leave this room, you little brat. Isn't she awful, folks? Shut up. <laughs> oh, why is my stepmother so cruel to me? Is she jealous of me for chance, or is she jealous of me good looks? I have it. She's just a rat. Oh, where is my Prince Charming? If he would just come and take me away, I'd be so happy. He'll be here, folks. That must be Prince Charming now. Here, Prince. Here, Prince. <laughs> come in. Oh, Prince Charming. Hello, Snow White. <laughs> my little piccaninny. <laughs> oh, Prince, I'm so glad you're here. My stepmother's getting crueler every day. Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Is that so? What's the matter with that old Mickey Finn? <laughs> Why, only this morning she tried to kill me. She gave me a poison apple for breakfast. Oh, what a low life that is. If I wasn't a prince, that gentleman and that coward, I'd smack her up and down. And another thing, she says you're not a real prince. She says you're bogus. Bogus? That's my brother. I'm Boris. <laughs> but you are a real prince, aren't you? Why, certainly. I got a coat of arms with a belt in the back. Then I don't care what she says. I love you, my prince. And I love you, too, my little hunted child. Come into my arms. Oh, if you'd only take me away from here, I'd be so happy. Don't worry, my little sweetie cake. Someday I'll take you to my castle in the Catskills. <laughs> When? Someday. Oh, someday. Someday we'll go away. Someday so far away. And how thrilling that moment will be. When the prince of my dreams comes to me. I'll whisper 
case or two, though I'm really a tool. Oh, no! wasn't it, folks? Well, goodbye, darling. I have to go now. Where are you going, my friend? I'm going to take a ride in the park. Wait. I'll see if my horse is outside. Hi-ho, Silverstein! <laughs> so. So Prince Charming leaves. The door opens, and in walks the wicked stepmother, and says... Snow White? Who was that in here singing? Lawrence Tebbett. Well, he's slipping. <laughs> I know it was that Prince Charming, and I told you never to see him again. But I love him, Stepmother. He's so handsome and romantic. I'll put a stop to this affair, you little fool. Here, have an apple. Don't take it, Snow White. It's poison. Stay out of this, you kibitzer. <laughs> he's right, Stepmother. This apple is poison. It is not. Then why is that worm waving a red flag? <laughs> You see? <laughs> I'll make you eat it. Come here, Snow White. No, no, I'll run away from home. That's what I'll do. I'll run away from home. Stop! Stop! No, no, I'll never see you again. Goodbye, stepmother. Goodbye, worm. Goodbye. <laughs> so little Snow White runs away from home. And two days later, we find her lost in a dense forest somewhere in Long Island. <laughs> Here I am in the woods. And look at the animals following me. Oh, see the pretty birds. Hello, bird. That canary is somewhat of a critic. Gee, none of these animals are afraid of me. Look at that little pussy cat with the bushy tail. Come here, pussy. Oh, my mistake. Get away, pussy. That was a close one. And look at that little deer running after me. Isn't it cute? Hello, dear. Hello, honey. Fresh. Gee, I'm so tired and hungry. Oh, look, there's a farmhouse over yonder. Maybe I can get food and shelter there. Here I come, farmhouse. <laughs> All right, men. We're ready to rob the bank. Now, remember, this ain't no picnic, so everybody work fast and be on your guard. Say, Happy, where's the machine gun? <laughs> Over there in the sewing basket. That's great. Have you got your bag filled, Grumpy? Yep, I got a flashlight, a chisel, some dynamite, a blowtorch, and my nightshirt. <laughs> oh, we'll be home before morning. Hey, Dopey, stop chewing that dynamite. You'll blow your brains out. If I had any brains, I wouldn't be chewing it. <laughs> well, we're all set now. Wait a minute, where's Sleepy? 
Hey, Sleepy, wake up. Hmm. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Bashful, what are you blushing about? Now, look at Sleepy smiling. He must be dreaming about a girl. Now, you stay out of his dream. <laughs> anyway, we can do without him. Now, let's go, men. And here's my final instruction. While we're robbing that bank, there's one thing that's very important. What's that, Chief? For heaven's sake, don't whistle while you work. Don't whistle while you work. Or the cops will come, we'll have to run. Be as quiet as a turk. You make quiet as a mouse. But I couldn't make it rhyme. Now come on, boys, and make no noise. We haven't got much time. I remember each of you. We know what we must do. Now you must be still. I know I will. La 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 la. Don't whistle while you work. Or the cops you're bound to work. They'll get their man put us in the can. Don't whistle while you work. Now don't forget. <laughs> All right, men. We're on our way. Let's go. Wait a minute. I knew it. It's the cops. The cops? Gee, I bet they give us life this time. <laughs> Quiet. I'll handle this. Shh. Come in. Hello, everybody. My name is Snow White. Why, it's a girl. A girl? <laughs> yes, a girl. What do you want, Snow White? Gee, I thought this was a farmhouse. Aren't you all farmers? No, we're not farmers. We're bandits. And right now, we're going out to rob a bank. Rob a bank? Oh, you mustn't do that. Why not? It's naughty. Oh, it is. Did you hear that, fellas? It's naughty. Come on, man. Tie her up and throw her in the cellar. Throw me in, too. <laughs> Grab her, men. Now, wait a minute, Chief. She can't harm us. Well, we're not taking any chances. Tie her up. But why do all you nice boys want to rob a bank? Don't you want to get into heaven? Yes, but we want to get into the bank first. <laughs> now, scram. She's right, Doc. Let's call the whole thing off. I'm in favor of it. Yeah. Maybe I can get my old job back again. Your old job back? What did you do? I was a good humor man in a tough neighborhood. <laughs> oh. And I used to be an orchestra leader. That's a lie! <laughs> what were you, Dopey? I used to be a phrenologist. A phrenologist? What's that? I don't know. That's why I quit. <laughs> hey, fine bunch of gangsters I've got. Now listen, Snow White. You listen to me, you big bad man. Hmm. You're all going to throw away your guns and stay right here. You're never going to rob another bank as long as you live. I'm willing. Me too. How about you, Doc? Nothing doing. This is my racket and I'm going to stick to it. Now come on, Docky Walkie. Don't be a toughy wassy. Oh. Come on, Doc. Don't be a baddie waddy. <laughs> Oh, all right, I'm a sappy-wappy, but I'll do it. Hooray! Hooray! Come in. Snow White, I'm so glad I found you. I've been looking all over for you. Prince Charming, I knew you'd come. Hooray! Come, my little Snow White. We'll go back yonder to my castle and live happily ever afterwards. At last, at last. Someday we'll go away Someday so far away So I'm ready on a 
Prince Charming married little Snow White, and Doc Benny went back to his old job peddling fish in Waukegan, Playfield. Bright blue skies, gay new fashions, new things to eat. These are the signs of spring. And here's the perfect dessert to fit the mood, called Springtime Delight. The freshest, gayest dish you've tasted in ages. And real easy to make with fruit-rich strawberry jello and just one cup of fresh strawberries. Dissolve a package of strawberry jello in hot water and chill until slightly thickened. Sweeten one cup of sliced fresh strawberries with a quarter cup of sugar, then add the berries to the thickened jello. Turn into a mold and chill until firm. It couldn't be easier to make, and it's well an inexpensive way to take advantage of the fresh strawberries just coming into the market. And wait till you taste it. The delicious, extra-rich fruit flavor of strawberry jello combined with the juicy sweetness of fresh berries. It's a grand springtime dessert, so try it soon. Just be sure to make it with genuine jello. Ask your grocer for jello. This is the last number of the 30th program in the new Jello series, and we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time. And um, I hope you all liked our musical comedy version of Walt Disney's famous picture, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, Jack. Yes, Mary. You know, we forgot to do one of the best songs in the picture. Which one is that? The Wishing Well number, you know, where you hear the echo. Oh, yes. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's do it now. Andy, you get down in the well and do the echo. Okay. Hit it, boys. I'm wishing. I'm wishing. For the one I love to find me. To find me. Mary, hand me that bucket. Good night, folks. Here's an important announcement. Starting this week, Robert L. Ripley's Believe It or Not program will be heard Tuesday night instead of Saturday over most of these same stations. Be sure to see your local paper for the new time. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>